Hey there, before we get into the episode, I gotta tell you, if you're listening live, the Decision Masters program is enrolling. The final round of 2022 begins October 24th, but spots are limited, so when we're full, we're full. So if you're ready to end the overthinking habits that keep slowing you down and really ground into what matters right now so you can make cleaner, faster decisions, book your free consult ASAP, and we'll talk all about it. All the details are at kirstenparker.com forward slash DMP. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Hi, happy Thursday, holy moly. I'm gonna do the briefest intro possible because I could not be more excited to share this upcoming interview with you. I was fortunate enough to chat with my Decision Masters client, Kirsten Parker. No, we do not ever get tired of how delightful that is. She is not only a brilliant coach herself and an executive communication expert, she's also a joy of a human. You are going to love listening to her and feeling like you are chatting with her too. So in this conversation, she talks about how she stopped overthinking the decision to start her own business and leave her job of 22 years. She talks about the biggest helpful change she experienced through the Decision Masters program, which had all to do with changing the habit of getting stuck in other people's opinions. She talks about what making a clean decision feels like. Um, intrigue. And she shares a really personal story when we get into a conversation about embracing the many surprises of life and how it's such a gift to yourself to be able to not judge them and yourself so harshly. So it is my pleasure to introduce Kirsten J. Parker. Enjoy our conversation. First, let's just like welcome you to the Decision Masters podcast. Hi. I am so happy to be here. I was so thrilled to be invited. Thank you so much for having me. And I think it's really appropriate that the first interview is actually with just Kirsten Parker. <gasps> I'm the first interview? <laughs> oh, now I really feel special. I... I mean, and you sent me a list. I was like, what do you want to talk about? And you sent me a like 12 bullet point list. So we'll get I into guess. it. But <laughs> I would love for you to share because I think it's funny and I think it's a fun way to get to know you and who you are. Um, can you share how we met, how we yes. found each other? Yes, how we found each other um, because I'm a Kirsten Parker too. So, and this was probably about a year ago now. I was planning on launching my business and setting up my website and looking for a URL that was going to work. And so I looked up kirstenparker.com, obviously, because it's my name. And turns out it's also your name. And so kirstenparker.com came up and I'm scrolling through your website and I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, she kind of does what I'm planning on doing and she's got a great site and I'm scrolling down and it's like decision making for overthinkers. And here I've spent probably the last, I don't even know how long, trying to decide like what's my URL. Uh, among uh, a thousand other decisions, like, am I going to leave my corporate job? Am I going to start this business? Am I going to do it full-time or part-time? How is the business going to work? And on and on and on. What's my office setup going to look like? What do I need for childcare? I mean, there's like a million decisions. And so that's yes. all buzzing through my head. I'm scrolling through your site and it's like, you know, would you like to make decisions more efficiently? Would you like to... And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me. And so it was doubly helpful because not only did I get an example of a great website, I also got to meet you and join your Decision Masters program, which was so amazing and uh, 
which really, I really credit you with helping me launch my business and mm. make all the millions of decisions that it takes to launch a business in an efficient way, in an effective way, in a feel-good way, like not a yucky feel way. And so I'm so grateful that we met. And so I sent you an email and I think you thought you were hacked because for sure, all the warning bells go off right in the email systems. It did for me too because it's like, mm, this looks suspicious. And we <laughs> met and I had the most amazing conversation with you, the most helpful coaching conversation for an hour that, uh, you know, that I'd had maybe ever. And yeah, I mean, I was just so thrilled to join the program. It was a no brainer. Mm. And oh. then the program was amazing too. We can talk more about that. I know. Oh, yes, I we will. Um, your podcast think- viewers can't see the confetti, but maybe they can like imagine the actual colorful confetti that you're throwing. I know. I throw it for myself <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's working. I, and you know, I brought it, you know, I brought it to our conversation. I think that, th- I mean, thank you for sharing your story. And I will take credit for helping you hear yourself more clearly uh, in hearing how important you your business was. Mm, but I would love yeah. to hear more about that because I think that something that I hear a lot from people is kind of in like wonderment is like you just make mm. – you just do things so quickly. You just like don't yes. seem to think about it and they're kind of baffled. Like are you – is everything in your life on fire? What's happening? But <laughs> And you're like, the yes, more I everything in my life people, is on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That should be my answer. <laughs> but the more I work with people who are into this idea of making – efficient decisions that are not rushed, rash, dangerous, irresponsible decisions, the more I'm like, no, no, this is a normal way people can live. And I think that you're such a huge example of that because you came into the program and then within, I should look it up, but within, I don't know, a few weeks, you dropped this celebration in Slack. We're like, okay, so I gave my notice that my my job I've been at for 20 years? 22 years. 22 <laughs> years. 22 years. It w- it's my only job, right? <sighs> I mean, I, that was my first job out of college. So what did you need to be able to click in your mind like, yes, this is the safe, right thing to do right now. I don't need to think about it for six more months or six more years. What needed to happen in your mind? Right. Super good question. I think what you said about being able to hear myself more clearly is so – was so critical, was so important. And what that means to me is not just, you know, write down my priorities and goals and this is what I want, but hear what I want in my heart more clearly. Mm. Um, And it takes some practice to be able to do that and some tools because the outside voices are very loud. There's a lot of people outside of me who have opinions and preferences and would be highly inconvenienced by this impending decision. And I felt very paralyzed by that. How am I going to take mm-hmm. into account all of those different people's opinions and preferences and inconveniences um, and people I care about, right? This is, aren't just like random people on the internet, right? This is my yeah. family, my partner, my work colleagues that I've worked with for a very long time. And I had this kind of sense of responsibility toward 
everybody else, but I didn't have that sense of responsibility toward myself and my purpose and my life and kind of what my point, whole point of being in this human body, as I think you would say, <laughs> in this human body, in my particular body, my particular version of Kirsten Parker, and what I can bring to the world. And so I think I needed to really marinate in that, um, but not get stuck there. I think in the past, mm -hmm. I'd been sort of recognizing it, but not being able to move forward because I was so stuck in other people's other people's problems, other people's yeah. ideas, other people's judgments. And I think that's that was the biggest helpful um, change, I think, through the program. Yeah. So you really had to be honest with yourself, which is not the funnest thing too. Like that's kind of why this is a process and not just a one and done event, right? Because it's not right. the funnest thing to realize like, oh, this is how I've been living for a little bit. This is oh yeah, is that, that's painful <laughs> to realize. No. Sometimes. Oh, so yeah. you you had to be able to be honest with yourself and then you had to kind of have that moment where you were like, okay, what am I – who's most important in my life? Like right. all these people get to be important and I just – who's going to make me important? Well, and I think the, the idea that – making myself uh, important, my priorities important, gives everybody else kind of that right to do the same thing yes. and inspires people really to do that. And I, and I think that, you know, I'm not the only person who gets stuck that way. We all do. We all care about the people we care about and want them to be happy and want them to be, you know, want them to respect our decisions, think we're making good decisions think that we're responsible, especially me because I'm an Enneagram one. <laughs> so I yeah. really want that. I really, that's really important to me. Um, yeah. But I think I was being a little bit irresponsible with my own needs and my own vision. And by shifting the focus a little bit, not a ton, right? But just shifting it a little bit, I think made those decisions so much easier. And then made trusting those decisions easier. Because it's not, like you said, it's not just one decision. It's one decision and then seeing it through and sticking it out and being confident through that change and on to the next decision and the next decision. Yes. Yes. So much, so much gold. Because it's, like you said, it's not a huge 180. I think that's a big misunderstanding when people know about themselves like, oh, I've I've been prioritizing other people's opinions or I've given or I've given other people's voices more space in my head than my own maybe. Yeah. And they know that about themselves. They think, okay, in order to make decisions for me, I have to totally stop caring about what other people think. And you're clearing that up for us like no, not true. You can still care. You just right. have to like include right. yourself in whose opinion you're caring about. Well, and I think think about the the level of caring, right? So it's, you know, is it is it a mild inconvenience to your partner or to your coworkers if you're going to decide to do something or decide not to do something? Is that a mild mm -hmm. inconvenience for them, but a huge step forward for you? Then maybe the huge step forward is what's most important this time. And, mm. you know, if it, if it were me looking outside at someone else, I would say, oh, go for it. 
This is amazing. This is a huge opportunity. Take it. Yes, it's a little bit inconvenient for me. I'll figure it out. I can do my own thing over here. But I think that, you know, the idea that I would so encourage someone else to do it, but then not take that leap myself, I think was a, you know, interesting comparison. Yes. That's another misunderstanding, right? It's like the end of the world if someone else feels anything like a negative emotion. And you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> it might actually just be okay if somebody right. has And they, you know, if they might not even be feeling that. <laughs> they, that and it might, might not be last a, forever. Up here, that it might be, I might be projecting that feeling on them. And it might be kind of like convenient for me to stay stuck in the same place because I'm getting some weird benefit out of it. Um, but that's such an unhealthy cycle. Yeah. And the universe kind of gave you interesting. Um, opportunities to kind of work your decision trust muscles after this choice because you did get positive feedback from yes. colleagues. That was so surprised. I was so surprised. I yeah. I thought it was going to be the end. I thought it was going to be the end of my relationship with that company, with those people. Um, and, and it just hasn't been. You know, I've I think friendships remain and that's like obvious, mm. so obvious now. But I think at the time I thought I, I thought there was more at stake than there was. Um, and people were so excited and happy for me and inspired. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people said, and I think when you and I spoke, one of the things that um, we talked about as one of my goals was to be able to tell my story to inspire other people. Um, and I think by making decisions that felt true to me, that and then telling people about it, that in and of itself inspired people. So it was almost like this confetti. <laughs> it was almost like this cycle of positive reinforcement that was impossible to deny because, and people, they would actually use those actual words. They'd be like, oh, Kirsten, you're so inspiring. And I'd be like, that's what it says here on my thing I wrote down. <laughs> you know, like I'd look at my little clipboard up here and, you know, tell my story to inspire others. Yes. <laughs> and you know me, exciting. I'm going to I'm going to ask you how do how can you take full responsibility for that? How can you take full credit for them being excited for you? Well, I set that intention and I yes. entered every conversation with that emotion. And I think Inviting having that in. Right. And, and this is where we bridge into like that communication space is if you go into a meeting or a conversation and your energy level is exactly where you want that conversation to go, it is inevitable that that's where it's going to go. And you know what? If it's in a different place, it's inevitable that's where it's going to go. Yeah. And so setting that intention. And for me, I think I was truly inside just so passionate and excited about it. It was easy to do that. It's not always easy to do that. Yeah. That it was, like I said, inevitable. Yeah. Yes. So you kind of balanced, I mean, all of your superpowers, right? Because you set the intention, like, I'm going to invite people to be excited about my choice instead of inviting yes. them to do what you didn't want them to do, right? Like approaching a conversation right. like, I'm so sorry, but I have terrible news. <laughs> 
please commence the judgment because like, whew, yes, I'm with you. Exactly. I'm or like <laughs> just kind of gathering a perpetual never-ending feedback. Like I'm thinking about doing this. Yeah. What do you, you know, what do you, what do you guys think? Or what do you, you know, it's just such a, that's coming from such a place of like, um, now when I hear myself say that, the words that come to mind are broken weakness. <laughs> but I, but that is, it's kind of like, checking and checking and checking and checking in and checking in and checking in. And that can be exasperating to other people too, right? They're like, oh God, just make a decision already. So yeah. I coming in with that intention, setting it ahead of time, bringing that energy into the conversation, totally changed the, the virtual room, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's super powerful. Yeah. And you got to you got to clear up those lines of communication with yourself because I think that's – I used to be the exact same way. I would I would tell everybody – well, first I would complain. <laughs> Back yeah. in my stage management uh, days, yeah. I would just complain but with no intention to actually like solve any problems. Right. I mean that's one approach. It's <laughs> one approach. <laughs> and then when I actually made my decision to start this business, I I – did not have my mindset dialed in yet. I was not a decision coach from the get-go. And I did watch myself run every single idea and question like through other people. It was like, it didn't mm -hmm. even have a second to land in my head where it was like, before I was like asking for everybody's feedback. Yeah. Which, do I used which to, I used doesn't to, give you a chance to talk to yourself and hear yourself clearly. Right. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I used to tell people that I was a talk it out person. And I used to fundamentally yeah. believe in my heart I was a talk it out person. Like, I don't even know what I think until I talk to you about it. I don't even know what I think until it comes out of my mouth. I don't know what I think yeah. until I talk about or how I feel about it until I talk about it. And now I can say, I, I do know how I feel. I do know <sighs> what I think. And I can just decide and go. I don't need to run it by everybody else first. That's so that also interesting. Is, it also builds, like, I think past Kirsten thought it built respect and trust to check in constantly. Mm -hmm. Future Kirsten, now Kirsten, knows that it builds respect and trust to know yourself, know that you make good decisions, really kind of check in with yourself, and then make a decision. And then people, I mean, people mm -hmm. trust you already. That's the, that's the baseline. That's table stakes. So yes. it's just been life-changing. Transformation. I think that's, that's the word. I, I love it. Transformational. It's like <laughs> – and it's not – you don't even have to trans transform into a different person, right? It's just evolving mm -hmm. into the next version of yourself who you're having a little bit more of a say in shaping. But yes, that's like – the. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, kind of going deeper inside yourself and what you want and – making that a reality. Yeah. And we talked a lot about the vision. And I love that you bring this up that you thought of yourself as like a talk it out person. I think right. I I love deciding – oh, cup twinsies. I know. We both have our mugs. <laughs> Decision masters. I love helping people not only hear themselves – about what they're thinking and feeling and wanting, but also like how are you defining yourself? And that can feel like we don't have a say. It's like I am a talk it out person. I just, this is how I am. This is how I've always been. Right. And when we bring in that vision piece where we're like, okay, maybe this is true, that 
this has been true for the last however many decades. And like, do you want to be a talk it out person? And then did you yeah, know you that, have a say Is that, that efficient anymore? Is that actually, <laughs> you know, I think we all have really full lives. Like it's very yeah. inefficient <laughs> to be a talk it out person. <laughs> like I need to have like drinks and dinner with my three best friends so I can talk it out, <laughs> you know, every Thursday. Like that's fun too, but that's not a good way to make decisions in an efficient way. It's not an efficient way to make decisions. Might be. And not ones that you can totally trust, right? Because when no. you know where a decision came from, you can trust it if mm-hmm. it came from an intentional place. But if you know that decision came from like somebody else's idea and then your agreement with that because you wanted that person to like you or whatever, whatever I'm simplifying here. Right. But you make that decision, all of a sudden you go to implement it and you're like, wait, why are we doing this? Is this right? I should probably go back and spend another week. Just remaking it. Right. I think the other kind of pitfall of relying too much on other people's opinions um, is that if you need to change your decision or change something, then you're like, ooh, now I got to go back and kind of check with that person or maybe that person. Like they're somehow they're like weirdly ingrained in your thing, whatever the thing is. Whereas if you made the decision, you can change your mind and decide something else because now you have new information. And it's it's yes. you're not weirdly wrapped up in someone else's kind of stake in your decision. Yeah. One of my clients co- coined the phrase decision autonomy. And I was oh, like, I yes, love that's that. what we're doing. Decision autonomy. Yeah. Whew. That's powerful. That's what we're doing. So this is related a little bit to what what we were just talking about too, but you said something that was top of mind was that why it's so important to define your vision goal values today rather than what they should be or should have been in the past and then revisiting them regularly. What a gift and a relief to have both flexibility and a shorter time frame to set and achieve goals. Tell us everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, this is this is huge because I think for me, right, and I think for people who've maybe been on the same path, whether it's in their career, or in their relationships, or in their kind of family of origin for their whole life, many years, mm-hmm. you do set those goals early on. Like you're going to graduate from high school, you're going to go to college, you're going to get married, you're going to get this job, and you're going to X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, by the way, especially post-COVID, <laughs> the reality is life happens and things mm-hmm. change and you change as a result. And because you change, it is totally acceptable to have different goals and different values. And like, not just acceptable, but normal. Yes. And it would be weird if you didn't. Yes. <laughs> that would be really weird. If you like still had exactly the same values and motivations as you did when you were 20, I mean, think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Let's think about what our values were at age 20. That's not what we're going too. for. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, and so it's different now and it's good that it's different. And that means you have to kind of frame it differently and not feel like you're still tied in to that idea of success that you had at age 22. Mm. And that's where I was. I was still tied into that. And it was so freeing, so freeing to say, yes, that's what I I wanted then. And that was okay. And now here's what I want now. And this is okay. And in the future, 
there's going to be something else that I want and that's mm. okay too. Yes. And the nerves that can can come up when you don't when you're not tapped into that freedom. There's yes. so many nerves about but I've spent so much money on this goal or I've mm -hmm. invested so much time in yes. whatever this life plan this value. And so what are your thoughts on that? Did that ever come up for you or was it more like definitely you just definitely. tapped into tell me. And here's what happened here's what really really helped me with that. Um and you presented this tool and I know you're going to know what it's called and and Maybe you can share it in the notes on this okay. podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, uh, you, you're going to be able to explain this better than I can. But really, the forgiving yourself for believing in a myth that you thought was true, that you believed to be true, but not forgiving yourself for the things you did because those were logical, normal, healthy things to do with whatever it was you believed or felt at the time. And releasing yourself from that previous understanding or expectation, understanding that kind of that buy-in you had to that expectation was probably normal and healthy at the time, and being able to move forward with this sort of idea that, well, the truth is this belief was inaccurate. The truth is mm. I actually did learn so much during that time. The truth is that investment paid off in so many unexpected ways to bring me to where I am today. Yeah. Even though, and maybe even because of the the things that didn't happen that I thought were going to be the payoff. Yeah. Or the way I thought I was going to feel when I accomplished this goal. Yeah. That might not yeah. have been the best part of it. Like the best part mm -hmm. of it and the growth and the learning and, you know, the the relationships, the friendships that you maybe built over time. Those are the, I mean, that's really the juicy stuff. And you get to keep that. Yes. Oh my God. So good. Yes. The tool you're talking about. I mean, you explained it beautifully, so I don't need to add anything. Compassionate <laughs> self-forgiveness. It's, it's oh, a tool. It's a concept, whatever. Developed by – if I get their names wrong, I'll edit it out. But <laughs> developed by Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, who run this – or ran – I don't know if they still do, but the spiritual, spiritual psychology program at University of Santa Monica. I think where I did not attend, but one of my teachers did. So, and it's and it's super simple. It's not a if you explained it beautifully because it's like let's recognize what was happening. We were believing things. We were believing that chocolate milk came from brown cows. It's right, like, that's what we thought was true at the time. We did. We thought that. And then let's tell ourselves the truth today. And when you can let go of this misunderstanding that the only good thing that will can happen after you make a decision is everything happens the way that you think it should. Yes, exactly. Then you're set. Yeah. Because then you you don't have only one way to grade, well, how well did this decision turn out? Yeah. You're not locked into an outcome. Yeah. Because then we can plan on surprises and failures and feelings happening, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, great, I got new information. And how boring would life be if everything went the way we thought it should? Right. right? And a lot of those, I mean, you talk about surprises, failures, and feelings. A lot of those surprises are good surprises. Yeah. They're not bad surprises. You know, not, they're I mean, not good some, to our nervous system. Surprises, but they're it's like, like might be good surprises. Like, oh, I, like, I could have never imagined that right. 
this happening in my life would result in this happening in my life. Right. And it's not either or. It's not like, did this decision turn out well or poorly? Did this, like, Mm -hmm. this the goal I went after in my 20s, like, how did it end up, good or bad? It's like, that's not really the most useful metric because life is ongoing. And there's good surprises bad like good feeling surprises bad feeling surprises that turn into good consequences like Absolutely. i think that we're good students like we like grading stuff i love a gold star more than just about anything <laughs> but i think but find your gold you have star, an endless supply right? find your gold star <laughs> right exactly because they're everywhere they're everywhere <laughs> i think um and just to kind of sh- so to share a really personal story about how this makes sense for me now, if that's all right with you. Of course, um, if it's all right with you. Yeah. I mean, it just a couple of Kirstens here, right? Talking. <laughs> that's my favorite um, thing. So when I think about the company I worked for for 22 years, it's where I met my, my first husband. And we met within the first six months that I worked there. And, um, and it was one of those like electric meetings. Like I, like I knew I needed to get to know him. There was like, I just knew there was something there. Um, And we got married. And two years later, he was diagnosed with ALS. Um, And we went through a very long journey. He lived with ALS for eight and a half years. We had two daughters. And it was just kind of this incredible um, time in my life and in in our life and our relationship that was really difficult and uh, fraught, obviously. And after he passed away, my daughters were four and seven at the time. And, um, you know, I think about like, you know, another gold star for working at that company, right? That's where I met, met my husband. Mm -hmm. Now I have these two beautiful girls, right? That wouldn't have happened. That's an amazing gift from this company, whether or not I made partner, right? (laughs) Like totally separate from that. Um, then this terrible thing happens, right? I lose him to this vicious disease. I mean, a horrible disease, um, totally debilitating. Then now, almost 10 years later, I've remarried and I have this little guy who's four, right? So I had another baby um, with my new partner. And the girls and I talk about this, that you know, losing their dad was so awful. And at the same time, now they have a little brother. Mm. And those two things couldn't have, you know, they had to happen. They had to both happen. And so even things that seem like, you know, such a terrible um, thing in your life, I guess, experience in your life, it's so hard to judge it in the moment. Yeah. And I think there's so much good in life long-term and there's so much hope And there's so much resilience in like the universe and the world that you can trust that it's not going to be an internal downward spiral. Like there, there are gold stars to be claimed. (laughs) And so, you know, if I think about working for this company, deciding to leave, part of my loss there was the loss of this, maybe another loss, another final loss of where my husband and I met. And mm. that, I think, recognizing that emotion and being able to process that emotion during that time in the Decision Masters program 
was also really pivotal and important. And I don't want to underestimate the importance of kind of those underlying emotions and how important it is to like be there (laughs) and, and, and feel those things in your body yeah, so that you can move through them. And so you can really make those clean decisions. Um, and now I, f- I feel lighter. I feel more joy. I feel like I can, you know, a little bit have a glimpse of like the parts and pieces of my life coming together. Um, and then the decisions I get to make, right? The choices I get to make going yeah. forward. And I am just, I'm so grateful. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. There are gold stars everywhere to be found. And I there think are. that it's I think you can miss out when you don't when we're operating at this like hypersensitive nervous system level of like I can't get anything wrong. I can't yes. disappoint anyone. I can't inconvenience anyone. We're only reacting real time in the moment. Like you said, we're judging things based on this surface. It's almost like walking around anxious all the time. And we miss out on what else is there to process here? Mm-hmm. Like sure, yeah, that this anxiety, face, yeah. that anxiety is a is a coping mechanism. It's like a yeah. repellent. <laughs> like yes. I'm gonna have like keep my anxiety out here. Um in my like nice shield boundary of anxiety so that I don't have to go deep. But wow, you make so much progress when you go deep. Yeah. With yourself, right? That's like, that's literally, we're going to be gone in a split second if we zoom out long enough on the timeline, right? And yeah, like what a gift to be able to know yourself and experience life on this like deeply connected level just because that's available to you. Right. And it's only available to you in your life, right? It's like you have your own unique life to live. I have my own unique life to live. And we like we all do. Yeah. And I think that's um that's a that in itself is a life lesson. <laughs> and I think it, you know, embracing that, being able to kind of tell your story in a way that, you know not only makes sense to you, but also can help other people figure out where they're at and and uh, find their own stories, I think is so important. Yes. Like that's what I want when people come to me and they're like, I'm nervous that I'm being selfish. I'm like, I'm just going to have them listen to that <laughs> clip from you. Because that's, <laughs> that's the kind of selfish we're after. Like, we should this do is a my one and only story. Life. Wouldn't that be fun? Like to do Ooh. like a, a, you know, with people like a calm app sleep story. Yes. To sleep. There are gold stars everywhere. <laughs> okay. I'll get my script people to work, start Reach working on. <laughs> for those gold stars. <laughs> okay. One last question because you mentioned something super interesting that I want you to expand on if you're open to it. Um, clean decisions. Ooh, Yes. What's that? What's you mentioned? Like clean you get to decisions. Make clean decisions. So I feel like decisions in the past for me were really muddy. They're very mm. muddy, gloppy, gloopy, and I never felt like they were over. <laughs> you know, I never yeah. felt like they were right and over. And now being able to make these clean decisions, so I know these are my values. This is where I'm headed. This is what I want. I can handle other people's opinions or mild inconveniences in a way that's sensitive and thoughtful. 
it makes it very easy to say, I am going to decide to get LASIK. I am going to decide to rearrange my office. I am going to decide to book this hotel and take a vacation. I think those decisions or sign my kid up for soccer or what, you know, whatever it is, or start, you know, pitching my business in this very specific way or targeting this very specific type of customer. I mean, I think whether it's a business decision or a personal decision or an environmental decision, whatever it might be, it's very clean and easy. And it's also very clean and easy to change your mind and decide to do something else and see the see the results. Yeah. Gather information. You make it sound make really it easy. easy. <laughs> well, you make it really easy. So I love it. I, I will hold up my coffee mug and say it's because I'm a decision master. Business. Um this has been so much fun. I could listen. I feel like I need to have you on like four more times so that we can get like all of your wisdom nuggets, all of I'm the in. gold stars. Let's do it. Um, I have three questions and then I want you to tell people like, how can they find you and hire you and what's your business about? Oh, so what, what would you say to someone? Cause the decision master's program is not for everyone. Coaching's not for everyone. So what would you say to someone who's considering it? Who's like, mm, I think I might be an overthinker. I don't know. I don't know what I want. So what would I say to someone who's overthinking the decision to join an overthinking club? <laughs> is that what... <laughs> Sure. What you're asking well, me? Well, would you put it um, that way? Yes. Uh, and that's how it felt to me. Uh, and I would say that's not how it felt when I joined. I thought yeah. it was um, – I felt like, okay, I'm going to get these tools. I'm going to be able to apply these tools and move forward, make good decisions, which happened, yes. But the magic was those group sessions where mm. you would coach and – I would hear you coach someone else about a decision challenge they were having. And I would hear exactly what I needed to hear in that moment for the thing in my life. And that's a secret magic, a secret Mm. magic sauce that you can't get anywhere else. So it's not just the one-on-one coaching. It's not just the tools, but it's that group. And I loved our group. It was so diverse and interesting (laughs) and, you know, Meeting these people who are at all different stages in their life, all different mm. types of careers, all different backgrounds from really everywhere. That was so, it was, but all struggling with the same thing. I just, I, it's so powerful. And it's so powerful to go to that, go through that experience with others. I think mm. it, it really magnifies um, the ability for you, for you to make progress. And it, and yeah, I, you know, so I, I think, I, I mean, I I think that was a huge benefit that I didn't realize before joining the program. Yum. So, you know, if you're a person who's considering meeting with Kirsten, spend that time. Like take an hour, meet with Kirsten, talk to her about I think when I think when I joined the first call, you're like, tell me everything. <laughs> and it, it's true. I mean, it it, it it um it just that coaching really helped, right? It helped me see who I am and maybe some of the kind of practical pitfalls I was having in the past and how I might move forward. And it's been life-changing. Mm. Ready for that. And I love that you left the group because that that the is group. the magic. Like being able to be outside of your own head and then see the exchange and hear the words you need to hear. You're like, oh, yep, that's 
<laughs> yeah, it depersonalizes it me. a little bit, right? Um, and also, it gave me things to talk about with you one-on-one. Because I would yeah. say, I heard you talk about this, or I heard you coach so-and-so on this. I'm really struggling with that too. Here's my unique scenario, and how can we use that same framework to help with this? And so I, I've, I found that to be so helpful. Uh, wonderful. Okay. What, um, I did not prep you on these, so no pressure. No, no, pressure. no I'm but curious what the next question is. What kind of decision maker would you say you are today? Calm, confident, enlightened, Ooh. clean. So good. Confetti. <laughs> and what is the most self-honoring decision you've made in the last week that you want to share with us? Oh, in the last week. Interesting. Um, okay. We are going on a family vacation to California, by the way. So we need to talk about that. Um, next week. And the self-honoring decision I made is not to book more than I've already booked because we've got some plans. I have a list of about 700 different activities that sound amazing, but I've decided we're going to kind of go with a few things we've had planned, make it a more relaxed vacation, spend a lot of time at the pool and see where things go. So let it be more uh, fluid. Mm. And I feel so good about that. And I feel like that's the right decision for me right now. Mm. Other trips might be like back to back to back to back. I know what's happening in every moment. This trip right now, I think for me and for my family, the people I love, um, we just need that downtime. Yeah. Ugh. So self-honoring. That's decision autonomy too. It's like, I know what I'm yes. deciding. Look at me, look at me make a choice with my eyes open. Yeah. And I didn't consult everyone, you know, because I got a lot of opinions at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I just decided, like, we're done. We're done planning the vacation. We get on the plane. So good. <laughs> okay. Tell everyone, what do you, what's your business that you started? What? Yes. How can they find you? Who should hire you? Tell us everything. <laughs> Tell us everything. All right. Well, I work with high-performing senior executives who feel a little nervous or aren't getting their point across or aren't getting their ideas heard and need some help really just cleaning up their communication skills. So their presentation skills, um, how they speak, how they write, and how they come across, improving their executive presence so that they can get to that next level and really achieve that leadership panache, credibility, and cachet that they know they have inside and they know they need to get to the next level, but just need a little bit of, little bit of help, right? A little bit of coaching to get there. So that's who I work with. Um, I've worked with more than 50 executives over the last 10 years uh, doing this exact work. Um, and my clients are really, really excelling. I'm so proud of all the results Ugh. they're achieving. And so that's, to me, that's what I love. Um, and when I think about you know, my purpose and the decisions I make, it's from a place of, I love to be that behind the scenes person who helps somebody else shine. Mm. Mm. So this is like the, just the perfect, uh, perfect combination of what I do, what I can help other people do. And you can find me at kirstenjparker.com uh, and on LinkedIn. KJP in the house. That's right. That's right. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Hey, did you love this episode? Well, guess what? The Decision Masters program is enrolling right now. If you're ready to trust every decision you make and stop living in overthinking agony, you will want to check this out. Get all the details at kirstenparker.com forward slash DMP. That's kirstenparker.com forward slash DMP. I will see you in the Decision Masters program.